podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey, welcome to the Nina Kaza show. Oh my God, I need to take a breather here. What on earth have I just witnessed? So much drama, just so much drama. I'm at a loss for words, but I've got plenty of shit to say. But luckily, it's not just me. I have some incredible callers. I have two amazing panellists. So without further ado, I'm going to kick this off because there's a lot to discuss. First of all, let me introduce my panellists. I am delighted to be joined by the host of the Reds Review podcast, Andy Wales. It's been a hot minute since you've been here, so welcome back to the Nina Kauser Show. Hi, Nina. Oh, hey. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit like that, isn't it? My yeah, emotions you know, are still running wild. I'm absolutely fucking seething. And it, it couldn't be a show. It, you know what? Timing is perfect. You need to have a feisty American on. Step up, Mr. Justin Wells. I, I am so hot under the collar right now. This is... <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm very, very angry. And everybody in my household knows it, which is my fiancé and my dog. <laughs> yes, it's a lot of yes, it's a lot of fume right there and a lot of people that had to deal with it. But guys, like I said, let me just get your... Um, uh, we've got your kind of initial reactions there. We've got some callers, but you know what? Before the, Before we recorded this pod, I think listeners need to be aware that there was quite a heated debate about the penalty. So I'm going to bring all the callers in. I'm going to introduce them in and we're going to discuss the penalty, uh, the, the, the penalty decisions. And then what we'll do is we'll, we'll form, um, we'll ask uh, questions about the game. So, um, we have three amazing callers. Kwesi Davis, AI Pro subscriber, Iftikhar Kabir, AI Pro subscriber, Dylan Cavallo, AI Pro subscriber. Two familiar voices, one new one there. Welcome to the show, guys. Thanks for having us. Hello. Thanks. Hi. Absolute pleasure having you on, guys. Um, I know you lot are seething and fuming, and there's a lot of opinions here. So, guys, talk to me. Um, penalty, no penalty. Uh, let's discuss the first one first. Harry Kane, bizarre. First of all, Lovren fucks up. Kane, offside and dives. Carrier saves it. The referee gives it. The linesman says, no, he was offside. He was offside. Moss overrules him and still gives the penalty. Justice is served. Carrier saves it. Your thoughts on that? Are you in agreement on that? So, first of all, you know what? I'll get the opinions of Kwesi. Your thoughts on that one? On the balance of things, I don't think it was. But I thought it was more of a pen than the first one. Uh, um, Than the second, sorry. Um, Yeah, he was offside. But then... Lovren did attempt to pass the ball, to, to, to get contact with it. And that kind of muddies the rule. I thought it had to do more with the defensive player playing the ball close to the point of the initial pass. And it wasn't. It was He tried to intercept a ball and essentially missed. It barely touched him. So the offside probably should have been called. Um, yes, it was a dive, but it was, it wasn't a complete dive. It was embellishment. Um, Karras' shoulder inadvertently 
touched him because there's no way Karras could dive and not have his shoulder there. And Hurricane saw that shoulder, straightened his leg, made sure there was a little contact, fell over him. So a little embellishment, it was closer to a pen than the other one because if Karius, if, if Hurricane had taken the time to jump over Karius completely, he probably wouldn't have gotten to the ball. And therefore he realized this and decided to fall right over Karius. It's amazing how clumsy people get once there's a pen, um, <laughs> in, in, in the offing. But yeah. Mm. So I, I thought maybe it shouldn't have been called, but it was closer to being a true penalty than the second one. Interesting, interesting take there. And Kwesi, on a completely side note, your voice and your accent is just completely soothing. I already feel better about this already. But Andy, I'm going to come to you on this one. I'm going to mix it up. Call a panellist. Your thoughts on that one. What did you make of that penalty decision? The first one, yeah. I, look... In real time, it was you know I was calling for the offside, um, and and I guess the interpretation of the law will be that because Lovren attempts to play the ball and it comes off his foot in the way that it does, he inadvertently plays it back. That 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 keeps Harry Kane off uh, onside, but there is contact, the slight contact, but I think he dangles the leg. I think he's looking for the contact, so I can understand why it's given, but. I guess uh, it's my with my Liverpool eyes. Uh, I see that as a as a penalty won rather than a foul committed. If you know what I mean. No, I hear you. And Iftikhar, first time caller on the Nina Kauza show. Um, delighted to have you on. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. So I believe there's two points of decision for the first one. The first point of decision is whether it's an offside or not. Um, and I guess we have a ref on the on the group here, and they can clarify this for me. Is a deflection of a defensive player an offside? Because I don't. While Lovren did try to kick at the ball, at no point was he in control of the ball. It's not like he's trying to pass it out. So he had a swing, and the ball deflected off his leg, and Harry Kane gets it. So what's the rules around that, and whether that's an offside? If it's an offside, the rest of it doesn't matter. Uh, the second part, I agree with uh, Cressy. There's a little bit of touch on Kane. And Kane, once he felt that the ball was no longer in his control, decided that I'm going to go down here and make the most of it. And this is where, unfortunately, soccer or football is at this point, And people will do that. And our players would do that. So I'm not going to hold that against Harry Kane at this point. Uh, so if the first point is an offside, then the rest of it is moot. But if it's not an offside, then yes, that's a pen. And I'll come to the referee now. Uh, I'm just going to flat out say it is a penalty. Um, there, it's it's a trip. Carious trips Kane. I, you, you can try and debate whether he leaves a leg trailing or not, but there is contact, and it's a trip in the box, and it's a penalty. However, there was an offside. He was offside, and Dejan Lovren does not play the ball. It deflects off them. That's in my opinion. I guess you can mm. debate that. But because he never fully plays the ball in control, Kane is offsides. It doesn't matter that it deflected off a Liverpool player. He was still offsides when Spurs played the ball. So that, that should have been flagged by the referee. Um, I 
I guess he had a conversation with John Moss. I heard him say something about not sure whether it was not sure it came off a Liverpool player, which, as I just described, it, it doesn't matter if he wasn't in control and say like playing a back pass to Carius. If that were the case, then Kane would have been fine and I would have had no issues. But as far as the decision to give the penalty, I thought he was right. Um, and good on Carius to stand up and make the save. Fair dues. And what about you, Justin? Uh, you know, there was a lot of heated debate about this. Was he offside? Wasn't he offside? I, for me, he was offside. So therefore, even if Carries makes contact or not, or, or Harry Kane goes down, for me, he was soft. It was a fucking dive. I'm furious. Uh, and the ref just, um, you know, completely, pretty much, in my opinion, from what I saw, the linesman was saying, um, uh, he was offside and he, he overruled it and he gave it. Well, so I don't even want to even opine as to whether or not these are penalties or not. Because you know what? They were given as penalties, so we deal with the situation as is. It just sounded like Klopp for a second there. But um, the idea is, like, you've gone to your linesman, your linesman has told you that it's offside, and then if you look at them having the discussion, neither one of them's clear on the fucking rule. F.A., do better! <laughs> that's it. That's, that's, what, that's what I have there. <laughs> nice. I love that one. <laughs> short sweet concise and to the point thank you justin right okay we're going to move on to the really controversial one now the second one this is where all the debate pretty much sparked up and and there was a lot to say and even gag sort of chimed in on this one as well was it a penalty wasn't it a penalty and you know what um i'm gonna come to andy first on this one van dyke did, did he make contact? Did he pull his leg out? What did it look like to you? Right. I, I've got to say, when, when it happened in when it happened in real time, I shouted, get up. Because I, I, I didn't feel like... I, I felt like he jumped across to engineer a foul. Then when I seen a replay from the side, from the linesman's angle, I thought, oh, it looks like he... Actually, it looks like he kicked him. But then when you see another angle from behind the goal line, you can actually see that Van Dijk pulls out of the challenge, he stops his leg, and any contact is is what comes from Lamella actually jumping across his leg. So for me, it there's no foul committed. It's not Was a he foul. offside for you, Andy? Yeah, when that when he actually does originally come from an offside position. I, I know it's tough to pick up, but then, you know, we have got a linesman on that side of the pitch who unfortunately mm-hmm. can't spot the offside, but he can can spot what looks like a, a you know the slightest kick to a calf, but yeah, frustrating. I've got, I've got the picture lined up here, guys, and it looks like the player that may be obstructing his view might be Oxley chamberlain for the offside. So Oxley chamberlain would be obstructing his view, but like you said, Van Dijk is behind Lamella and he spots the knee. Yeah. Bizarre, don't you think, Questy? Your thoughts on that one? Yeah, I had a lot to say earlier. Um, hopefully I've calmed down a bit, but definitely not a pen. Uh, I've not seen the offside call, but clearly if it's offside and it's not a pen, I mean, this is why we need fucking VAR. I mean, the quicker we put it in, the more people will streamline it, the less time we'll start to waste between calling for the VR and making a, a sensible decision. I mean, you want to get these decisions right. In terms of the contact, I have no doubt that there was a minuscule amount of contact, but there was contact. 
all I'm saying though is that we need to start using common sense in football. Football is a contact sport. There will be incidental contact all the time. And a sensible way to look at football is simply what would have happened, right, if that contact had not been made? And know what has happened now that the contact has been made. And either way, you'd have had Lamella anticipating contact and flopping on the floor. That's what would have happened. Right? And, 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 I, and I use an example of a different sort of scenario. Again, a player willingly deciding to go down to influence the referee. Mm -hmm. But at least a player in the box about to try to shoot and a covering defender who unfortunately is only one foot behind him, cannot block the shot, decides to use his forearm and nudge him just as he's about to shoot. Now, this nudge is not enough to bring down an eight-year-old child, but it may just be enough to stop him from getting the shot he wants to get. Mm. So he falls down and rolls and so on and so forth. Those, when those are given... You can understand because here's the player about to take a perfect shot and somebody has pushed him to stop that from happening so that you can understand those being given, even though it seems like a, it's a dark art. Mm. You can understand it. What I cannot understand is Lamella, who probably was offside, was not in control of the ball, probably wouldn't even have gotten to the ball. Mm. Right? And... Van Dyke about to try to kick the ball. No, there was no intent to kick Lamella. It's not like Van Dyke started to foul him and said, oh no, let me not foul him. He was about to try to kick the ball. Had the presence of mind to recognize that Lamella had jumped in his way and pulled out. And in the end, <laughs> oh my God, maybe about 0.5 pounds per square inch of pressure. I mean, it, 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 there's no way anybody can say to me, oh, that's contact, that's a foul, that's a pen. If that's the case, we might as well start playing football. And, and what's worse, if that had happened somewhere else on the field, nobody would have bothered to call yeah. it because it looks silly. It's just that it was at the end of the game, Tottenham had, had more possession. And so, by the way, I don't know what feed you guys watched, but my... The guys who were commentated on my thing were awful. Bloody awful. Because um, Alan Shearer commented towards the end of it that Spurs deserved it. They, they deserved the goal. And I'm looking and saying, but I, I thought Spurs just had some territorial advantage. Didn't do shit with it because our defense was good. That's what I thought. I mean... I, Sorry, I, I guess I'm going on a, on a tangent, but I, I hope you guys understand that there were a lot of Jamaican bad words like bumbuckat raining today. <laughs> love it. Absolutely love it. Next time, save them for this pod, Cressy. Absolutely love that. Right, you know what? I'm going to mix things up. I'm going to go to Dylan now, Um, our resident referee. You're almost like at uh, Dermot um, uh, Gallagher, what we've called Um. You know what? I've had some messages in here from Gags, and Gags has been like rewatching things. And he lip read um, the referee, and the referee asked for um, um, TBU. 
for like a, a TV view and oh, also yeah, uh, the lines the linesman um there's um actual gifts of this all over twitter Facebook when moss actually gave the penalty i mean your your thoughts on the whole debacle of the referees how shocking they were and how shocking they were for that particular call in your opinion the second pen you're talking about yes the second one um absolutely poor because um moss waved it away and mm-hmm. you're not we're not in a situation where we have var and the premier league he waved it away he said no pen the play, the ball was hoofed clear and went out of bounds. That the, the penalty discussion is over at that point. It doesn't matter that the assistant referee is still flagging. Moss waved it away. He didn't think it was a penalty. Yeah. Now, if you're a referee and you're not sure, you look to your assistant for advice. And in, if he if he didn't wave it away, he wasn't sure, and he looked to his assistant. His assistant is flagging and motioning towards the corner, which is a, a signal that it's a foul in the box, so it should be a penalty then I, I would have had no problems because, in my opinion, it was a penalty. But because he waved it away and said, no, no pen, it was absolutely poor. He basically went back on his own decision, and that's not what you want from a referee. Mm-hmm. You want them to make a decision and stick with it, even if it's the wrong one, unless you have VAR. No, I want him to get it right. So if it was a pen, then then he should get it right and give the penalty against Liverpool. Oh, Quasi, you're right. But my, my issue is him going back on his own decision. If yes. He was going to, if he was going to VAR for that decision, then fine. If he was unsure if it was a penalty and he was looking to his assistant, that's fine. But he yeah. already made a distinguished motion. No pen. No penalty. Waved it away. Mm-hmm. Then he's going back on it. That's poor. That's, that's the wrong thing to yeah. do. I'm going to establish that he's a cunt. So we know he's a cunt, <laughs> right? Yeah. It, it's just about whether the decision is right. I mean, come on now, guys. So we've gotten so many bad decisions against us. You we know? have. I'm gonna, what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring Iftikhar in because um, I feel like he should have his say. Iftikhar, I'm going to bring him in. You've heard what the lads have said there. Then I'll bring Justin in as well. Iftikhar, you've heard what the lads have said there. Uh, I think it's a really great point by... Um, Dylan there about the ref sort of um, waving it on to play on and then you know he bottled it by pulling it back as your thoughts on that oh John Moss totally bottled it Uh, like so he's the head ref at the end of the day the controlling of the game is his responsibility now exactly now even Somehow, like, I don't know the full permutations of being a referee. And if if your linesman is flagging something uh, and he needs to stop the game to take the linesman's decision, maybe that's okay within the rules of the game. But he needs to go there and sort of have a discussion and then understand why he made his decision. And unless it's incontrovertible evidence that the linesman is able to provide to him, he can't change that. So when I was watching the game from my feed, it, and I was watching Gary Neville talk about it, uh, mm. can't, can't get over that guy. Like they, Martin Tyler and Gary Neville need to stop commentating on Liverpool games. Like they sh- should be able to find two other people. I don't know where they find them, but they can find two other people to talk because these people are just on to like rile up Liverpool fans. But uh, that's beside the point. From From the angle that you get on the camera, because of Lamella's position, what you see is Lamella's front side of Lamella and what looks like um, Van Dyke's leg coming up. Um, and you won't be able to see because Lamella is actually blocking most of Van Dyke's leg. 
John Moss, on the other hand, it has a straight-on view where he should be able to see both the leg, if there is enough contact, what Lamella is doing. Like, there's a clearer angle for John Moss than the ref uh, linesman, who's also seeing through a bunch of guys who are standing right in front of him. So I don't see at any point how John Moss establishes that what the linesman sees is incontrovertible and the decision that he, he made initially was wrong and he overrules it and gives them a pen. Like, that, that is just pure idiocy. I'm sorry. Mm, mm, absolutely. And Justin, I'm going to bring you in. Considering, you know, uh, the linesman tried saving our bacon for the first penalty, and he overrules him, and then he goes and takes his word for this one, when it's clear that his view has been obstructed. Yeah, there's pictures now showing Van Dyke's sort of leg kicking the back of a Lamella's calf, but that's zoomed in. That's from various different angles. I don't think he was 100% sure, and he still gave it. No, of course he wasn't, because he couldn't see the offside through Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain. If you can't see the offside, you're not going to see 100% of the play. What you have to do is what Dylan says. The referee originally sees and says, no foul, mm. right? It's clear Van Dyke's trying to pull away from it. Intent's not there to actually foul him. Yeah, he makes a wild swing and he misses. But the idea is, the referee calls no foul, it's not a foul, right? That's where it needs to stop. And the fact then that you see the linesman, like, you know, inject himself into it. The referee doesn't stand by his decision after overruling his linesman first. And then the linesman, and like, the, the thing that set me off on this, like, I was prepared to be okay with it until I've now seen the video of the fist bump from the linesman afterwards. Yes. <laughs> no one is there to see you! No one! Not a single person is there to see you! <laughs> Nobody should know your fucking name! Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> nobody's there to see the linesman just do your job call what's offside or not if you're gonna if, if the referee is in a position and sees that and calls no foul don't insert yourself into it and have at least the modicum of class to not celebrate the fact that you're just injecting yourself into the fucking game uh, ah amen oh, yeah, i found i found that classless they you know what? He, that, that linesman is almost like the Klattenberg of linesmen. You know, wants to be the center. You know, the, the the center showing or whatever. I feel like these referees and these um officials now want to be so much like like Justin said. No, you're not there to be seen. You're just there to offer some guidelines, be the officiating body on the pitch, not to be that controversial. And like we've all said, his view was obstructed. I mean, anyone got a final say on this before we, we draw a clause? Because I think there's plenty to discuss in the game. So guys, I'll let you have your final words. Anyone has anyone got anything to say? I just said to Gags that I did think it was a pen. Uh, I know you guys are thinking that he pulled out. And he did. He tried. He still made contact. That's kicking an opponent. Uh, Lamella doesn't jump into him. Lamella tries to shield the ball. Uh, so I thought it was a pen. That, that's just my view. Okay, anybody else? I respectfully disagree. I'm with Andy. It I'm is. It is open. I will say I, it's open I, to interpretation. Well. It's uh. It's it's not. Some refereeing is black and white, and some is there. There is shades of gray. So I'll give it to you guys. Um. Yeah, I actually have a comment, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but. You know, in the West Indies, we, we pay a lot of attention to, cr to cricket, despite mm -hmm. how badly we're doing. Mm -hmm. And one of the things they've done with the radio, video replay is that they've defined the goals. This is to get rid of really, really bad decisions. And the referee 
who made the call initially decided it wasn't a pen. And the VAR would have shown that there was very slight contact. Maybe a pen, maybe not a pen. And therefore, there's no way you would reverse what the referee decided initially. Not on the VAR. So, you know, um, so I just want to point that out. Uh, if, if, if the goal is to stamp out the really hideous, ugly, brainless mistakes, then VAR would have gone with what the referee said. That's it. My last comment is John Moss is a mother chute. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm with Dylan, by the way. I'll give Dylan some back in. Yeah, that's that's the most intellectual comment I've heard all evening. It's, and it's spot on. You know what? I think this is where it all comes down to. You know, you look back at the replays. Yes, there was contact. Uh, unintentional by Van Dyke. You can tell he wants to pull out. Uh, he does make contact. So, therefore, uh, the player does go down. To me, it just looked really soft. Both of them looked really soft. And I think that's what got me really triggered as well, is the simple fact that, yeah, there was contact. And, yeah, you know, you might have got it right. But you weren't 100% sure. Yeah. What you know? What really gets me on this as well? Sorry to to come back in on this, but no, no, no. you think back to the first half and that studs up challenge that Ben Davies made on Trent mm-hmm. Alexander Arnold. He went right through, and yeah, he got the ball, but he jumped in, studs up with very aggression. Very nice, Andy. Very yeah. nice. I was going to mention that. Oh, keep yeah. going. Sorry. And that you know, regardless of getting the ball, that action, that action itself is an offence. You know, Andy. and he, he sees that as perfectly fine and that, that's okay. By his standards of saying that level of aggression and contact of going into a challenge is absolutely fine. So from there on, though, you know, minuscule touches become fouls. And, and uh, the inconsistency, isn't it, of yeah, what, what, yeah, what you deem to yeah. be a foul and what isn't. And it's almost yeah, I like, thought he had a very inconsistent game. Put it oh, way, massively then. inconsistent. And we're going to get into that later on. But another thing that, again... Spot on, Andy. Uh, another thing that really fucked me off as well is the fact that, as I can't remember who mentioned this, but had that been on anywhere else on the pitch, what um, Van Dijk did to Lamella, the, the referee would have pardoned it. It wouldn't have been an, anything. But because it was in the box, he felt the need to blow it for a foul because it is that situation where you can give a penalty and such. And that's well, what fucks me off. He was going to pardon it. He tried to, just his assistant didn't let him. Why don't you just casually just ignore him? That's what I do. Well, you can you can tell them to put their you can tell them to put their flag down because exactly. you ultimately had the final say. Exactly, exactly. Come on, man, show some balls. That's what fucks me off about it. the fact that you pulled it all the way back. You know, you pulled it all the way back to drag it out, and it just fucked me off. I'm so pissed off. But guys, any, I think I don't want to discuss that anymore. Like, I, I want closure from it now. And there's silence, so we're going to move forward now. Right, so now that we've had our little group therapy session there and discussed the referee uh, and and the penalties, we're going to move on to the caller questions. So, Kwesi, you're up first. So, um, welcome back. What would you like to ask the panel? Yeah, I wanted to know their opinion on the performance of our back four. Mm -hmm. Um, And I guess it was our back five later on in the game. Um, In terms of my thinking... Both fullbacks didn't do that well today with their link-up play. I felt um, they could have been cleaner. Uh, Trent Arnold Alexander probably had a better game than Robertson. 
they were both decent in terms of their defensive presence. But to me, uh, Albi is a better left back when it comes to knocking the ball around with his mates and then deciding at some point to go beyond the attacking players and get into the box or get just outside the box on the left side. I think his runs are more definitive and his passes are a bit cleaner. So um, that that discussion would be of interest to me. Also, just want to say that I, I thought Lovren and Van Dyke were quite good today. Mm-hmm. Um, notwithstanding the two swing and a misses, it just goes to show that it takes one moment to you know to fuck up a good performance. But I was happy with them, and I figured Lovren, if you put him on the right, would have a good performance. I've seen him play stellar football on the right beside one of my heroes um, of Liverpool, which is Mamadou Sako. And, oh, just I know he's gone, and people give me shit for mentioning him all the time. But we brought Van Dyke because he was a ball-playing um, defender. We got in Matip because he was a ball-playing defender. And as awkward as Sako looks, he's the best one-touch recycler of a ball I have seen play for Liverpool since uh, I don't know that 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 chap from um from Denmark who used to dribble the ball out who's covered with tattoos even on his mm. teeth right <laughs> I mean, and I still think I still think that we don't recycle the ball we don't take turn long balls into sensible passes into midfield as well as Sarko did I still think so. But but I was very happy, given what we have, I was very happy with our defence. And um, I know we're going to discuss the keeper, but I was very happy with the keeper today too. I think he's improving. And so that's it. Um, oh, I did want to say that we were unlucky as a team and it reminded me of the Chelsea game. I, I, the, the commentators I had, by the way... Um, they they kept saying that Tottenham played well and Tottenham deserved it. And I couldn't see why because the defence really played well. And I thought, I felt that if you give one Nama that shot five times, he might score none of them. If you give him a hundred times, he'd score one. It was, I don't want to say a lucky shot, but it was him performing above average just for that second. Mm-hmm. And... I also agree um, about what Andy said about the tackle. That tackle, that studs-up tackle, was simply dangerous play. You know, as far as I'm concerned, dangerous play deserves a yellow card. If if it is in the context of winning the ball cleanly, but there is a player there with his foot right there beside the ball and you do studs-up, it deserves a yellow card. Right, and he was inconsistent, the referee, because after that he started co- to call the soft ones, you know, the 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 fifty fifty challenges and the shoulder barges that we know Emery is good at. He called all of those against us, mm-hmm. and I think I saw Milner having a word with him, um, for about like forty seconds, and I think that's what it was about. He was like, "Well, you start off by leaving a slide tackle with studs in the air, just because the guy got the ball." And calling all the small ones, no, what's going on? All right, 
So that's my opinion on the game so far. I know time is on us. Absolutely. And Justin, I'm going to come to you first. Uh, I think Chris, is, um, there's loads of points there, but I think he, he it's nice that he kind of raised defence. I thought... Uh, in the first half, we had full control of that game. Second half, they I think they asked a lot more questions of us. They seemed like they were getting more into the game. One thing that really impressed me about the defence was the fact that we held a disciplined line. So they kept getting called for offside, which were all fabulous calls, by the way. It showed a lot of discipline. It showed a lot of communication in that back four. We're not going to talk about the goalkeeper because there's a question later on about that. But I felt the defence was holding on to that shape really well. And I want to get your thoughts on that. I thought Trent Alexander-Arnold was having a, an amazing game defensively and in an, in an attacking sense as well. Played some really gorgeous balls. I felt like the yellow card kind of shackled him a little from the referee. Um, I, I think for somebody so young, I think, you know, that sort of, um, I don't know, made him play a little bit more conservative. He wasn't sort of all balls out. Um, I do agree. I thought Robertson was a little off with some of the wayward crossing and stuff. But defensively, he seemed okay. Your thoughts on, on, on the defensive setup? Yeah, so I'm going to start with the fullbacks mm. in, in this because they had a, they, they had a lot to do today. Spurs, you know, they're going to ch- they're going to challenge your fullbacks in the way that they play because they do basically use a lot of the effective width on the pitch and they're set up to kind of flood you in a lot of areas and overrun you. And they did a great job of that, I guess, in the second half. But uh, I thought they were both good defensively. Um, I actually think that the, having a yellow and having to play more restrained actually helped. Trent Alexander-Arnold out. It made him not really venture too far from Lovren when defending, and it kept him actually in position and knowing that he needs to, you know, be conservative rather than, you know, rashly trying to put a foot in. And it's also good to see a young player do that, you know, get that yellow card and not, you know, not 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 um choose to just not play. Like he still played after it. He just, you know, picked his spots when to when to actually challenge, and uh, his delivery of the ball is fantastic. It's a shame mm-hmm. that we don't. I mean. He gives Firmino one chance, which Firmino doesn't get a very good head on. It would have been a tough header, but you'd still like to get see uh, Bobby get a, a better head on that one. Mm-hmm. But his delivery, his delivery is excellent. And I think there's got to be a certain point soon where he might, um, when we get corners, I think he probably needs to take them because Milner's delivery is not up to par. And I think uh, if he's on the pitch, as far as delivering corners or any sort of angled free kick, uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold's delivery needs to be the, uh, the weapon there. If it's not, you know, if it's him and Milner on the pitch with no ox, um, Robertson disappoints me in a lot of ways going forward. Um, defensively, it's great, a lot of energy, does what he needs to, and seems to work well with whoever is playing uh, center back next to him. So he, you know, there, there's no, there's no problem with me on the defensive side of his game at the moment. It's just the attacking side of his game doesn't look to overlap enough. Um, doesn't look to try to get, like, doesn't try to get you know closer to the post rather than just being content to be in the channel and whipping across, which, by the way, I said it earlier when we were talking about Trent, we don't play well to cross the ball very well, often, so it's got to be something he needs to cut out and use only sparingly just to keep teams honest because whenever we cross the ball, we become very pedestrian and very easy to play against from an attacking perspective. Our ability to score is predicated on being clever in how we use the ball and moving it quickly. Crossing is the exact opposite of that, so I... I like to see that kind of wean down from Robbo's game. I know it's a learned behavior that he's had for a long time, but it needs to stop. And then the two center backs played, you know, pretty much well. There was a, a they each had a moment where they had a, a rush of blood to the head. Um, in both instances, we, we, you know, we spoke about it earlier. It's the two penalties. I'm not going to go further into how I think about them because I'll just start yelling again. But, uh, but you know, VVD, uh, I thought, was pretty much dominant throughout the game. Uh, he had one bad moment. And I'm 
keep going back. I keep going back to a dark place, guys. I'm sorry. But uh, he was pretty dominant, and he was um, you know, exceptional defensively. Didn't really add much going forward, but that's also because we just didn't have the ball. And Lovren generally dealt with most of the things that he had to deal with uh, okay. Uh, he might have been a little bit at fault for the, uh, you know, for the, uh, for their, you know, first goal, but it's tough to call anybody really at fault for that because it's just, you know, a one in a thousand strike from Wanyama. But I thought we defended well. I just was annoyed that we forced ourselves into a position where, you know, we had to try to defend that well because that's not usually something that works out for us, and it didn't today. Absolutely. And uh, Andy, your, your thoughts on, on the defence? I thought defensively we, we were fine for today. More For the most part, we were fine. Um, in the second half, I, I felt that we retreated too much. We, we gave away too much territory uh, and we sat back deeper and deeper and deeper and invited them onto us. And that doesn't really suit us generally, but we actually dealt with that better than we normally would. But I do feel, yeah, it, it was the other end of the pitch that I was that was our issue today, and and Robins, uh, Robertson was absolutely fine defensively, but he was poor going forward. His his crossing was really off today. Uh, some of that link up play, yeah, it wasn't there. He's he's improved that a bit, but he's still got some way to go. Trent did play a few nice balls in across the box, but other than that, and, and not just the full backs I mean our entire team I, I felt our final ball was really lacking uh, our touch the, the front three all of them their their touch was really off whether it was a pass mm-hmm. whether it was controlling the ball even when they were dribbling you know their second or third touch they were taking it out of their feet they were giving yes. it away you know they were working incredibly hard first half you know putting them under pressure we were set, setting the trap winning the ball in dangerous areas but we weren't using we weren't using the ball well enough midfield and the attackers and that was the thing. We set the trap, we spring the trap, we'd win the ball back, and we didn't punish them. Uh, and that was a really frustrating thing. We had such a good ha- first half. We put so much into it, but we didn't punish them. And and Spurs were poor in that first half. But second half, you, you know, we, we, we were tired. We started to sit back, and we invited them onto us. Um, and it was refreshing that... You know that we withstood a lot of that in a ways that previously we probably wouldn't have done. And yeah, Van Dijk was quite dominating at times. I like the fact that as a team, the way we defended in the first half, we were so compact. Mm. We were inviting them to to ensure that they had to play the ball out wide to the overlapping fullbacks. And the fullbacks that they have playing were not really going to be too much of a threat to us. So I thought that was smart. And the way that we played, that was really good. We shuffled across the pitch really well. We kept... What we did is we snuffed out the spaces. And them spaces that Son and Ericsson and... Deli Ali liked to operate in. We were snuffing them spaces out. We were denying them the opportunities to run, run in and run straight through as as they did uh, the the game earlier in the season at Wembley. We we didn't allow them to do that. We we forced them to go out wide to the overlapping fullbacks, and then we, you know, we then pressed them and snuffed them out. So in the first half, it was a really good defensive performance. Second half, it was, it it was a good to decent defensive performance but I, I feel that tactically what we were doing and perhaps the amount of energy that it, we'd expended in the first half probably contributed to you know what happened in them last sort of 20 minutes because 
it, it was it was almost like it was just a matter of time. That first goal that mm. Spurs scored, it was just a matter of time before can something just, happened. Can I, just, can I just jump in on you there? Are we like the mm-hmm. only team that can go to like a back three or a back five and fucking concede? <sighs> yeah. I, I hate I hate it when we make these defensive changes because I, I don't like it anyway. I, I just don't like that thing because all you're doing is you're you're almost telling the, the opposition that we, you've got us worried here, so we're going to sit off you even more, give you more possession, and just keep having a go at us. It, it was a kind of move that you would do as the the opposition, you know, the visitors. We, you know, it's for me, it's not, it's not what you should be doing as the home team in uh-huh. our position. And it was changing the shape, it's changing the mindset. Everybody's been occupying a certain spaces, doing a certain job, doing a certain role, and then suddenly you've got somebody else in there, and it changes things slightly. And and I, I feel it unsettles us. I don't like us to change defensive shape if it's been working fine. When when it's not working and you need to to change it up, then fine. But when it has been working, I don't like us doing it. And and I felt like it 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 just I don't know. I, I just it, it was a, for me. It's a wrong move to make, and it was just a a matter of time that we're under pressure and under pressure and under pressure, and something would break, something would give, and, and it did because you know whatever whether carriers can catch that ball or not. I'm not so sure exactly whether or not he can catch it, so he elects to punch it. He punches it clear of the box. Then we've got to close down Wanyama much quicker, and we didn't mm. do that. I, I mean, it's it's a one in a million shot, but it's a, a lots of the situations you just it's that where I think where we're tired and we're not quite on it as sharp as we were in the first half. Oh yeah, no, Eddie, you're right about one thing, a hundred percent there. The team on the pitch and the manager did not manage the situation in this game appropriate to how it should have been. Like Milner for Matip for Milner was the most obvious sub to come. I saw it from everybody saw it from a mile away. I think I even predicted in our WhatsApp group that that was what's going to happen. If you're going to do that, play Matip in the six role. Keep him in the midfield. Don't keep agree. sinking backwards. Totally agree with you. Play him in the six role. Like don't don't keep pushing everything backwards because the more other teams play in your box, the worse your result's gonna be. But I think the final question I need to ask here is then: Are we really, really dreadful at closing out games? Because it's evident we can't do it. This is the most painful way to find that out th- this game today. But yes, we are. We are. We we cannot. We cannot close out games. And I think it's because of the fact that we just can't, like, our midfield's just not geared towards, like, really good ball retention. Like, hold the ball, keep it for a few minutes, play around their press. Um, Dembele was able to do it in the second half to us. We couldn't do that to them. Didn't matter who you put there. And it wasn't a new experience today either, and that's... No, it wasn't. Another thing I kind of noticed as well um, was the fact that, you know, um, whilst it was still like 1-0 and it was still 2 minutes, we didn't even try taking out the tempo at the game. Like, they wanted to play at these high-intensity levels because they had all this energy. We looked knackered. And we were trying to match them for pace and speed, and we didn't have the speed or the engine. And I was like, just calm down, think about your passes, you know, try... Try snuffing it out. Try killing the tempo. You know, play to your tempo. Play to your strengths right now. And I felt like we, again, we, we weren't able to do any of that. But Kwesi, um, thank you so much for that, um, for that, um, for that question. Really enjoyed discussing the defense. Quite a positive performance, I thought overall. 
Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, our performance was good, hardworking, and the result should have been ours for the taking. And I felt that this time the referees definitely got involved and changed mm. the result. They they basically changed it themselves. Yeah. But such is life. Um, we we march on. You know what? Wise words, my friend. Well, Cressy, um, enjoy the rest of your week. Don't let this get you down. Stay Thank positive. you so much. Yeah. <laughs> Have a good one, all of you. It was a, it was a pleasure being on. So Bye it's now. Pleasure having you on, Cressy. You take care. Thank you. Right. Bye bye. So that was Cressy with his first question, and now we're going to move on to our second caller. First time caller on the Nina Kalza show, um, Iftikhar Kabir, AI Pro subscriber. What would you like to discuss with the panel? So I'd like to build on, I think, what was being touched on by the first caller, but uh, kind of look at it from the perspective of the whole game. Um, when the two lineups were set up, it seemed to me Tottenham were trying to play 4-4-2 uh, with a diamond sort of shape. Ericsson being the top of the diamond, Deli Ali being on the left, and somehow looked like Dembele and Dyer were playing in the same line as opposed to one being on the right and one being in the middle. Um, but Dembele was definitely playing the deepest role. And even though we only had three people in the midfield, it really worked for us in a similar kind of way that it worked for us in against City at the first half because we rushed Dembele a lot. Dembele is good, he keeps the ball, he can move it a lot around, but we were able to like rush him and do our pressing in a manner that worked out for us. Mm. It's unfortunate we didn't kill the game in the first half, which would have been awesome. Um, but what happened in the second half, what I noticed was it seemed like the uh, Tottenham realized this, and what they did is move to a flat four, and we, we by giving up space because we were a little bit tired, fell into this trap that Man City likes to put teams into, where basically we were in our own half and they could like kind of camp out uh, around us in a square, keeping us in our own box. And when we took off Mane and didn't have three outlets with that sort of a thing, it really killed our game tactically. And I'm wondering if people think that Klopp though I thought he was trying to manage this game more than a lot of other games where he doesn't make substitutions as much as he did today, was trying to see if we, in a way, if we have the ability to play against a team that passes in a different manner like this to sort of see what our team can do against like bigger sides that we might face in the Champions League, depending on how we do. And... What we found out today was that a problem that we created was when they, when we have three midfielders they and they played a flat line, they seem to be getting into half spaces a lot easier than when they were playing in the diamond and we were rushing them. And, and one last bit, this is slightly tangential. How good was that second goal by Mo Salah? Please talk about that because that guy is... Can we give him a $1 billion release clause or something like that? Because that guy is amazing. I love that. Absolutely love that. Righty-ho, righty-ho. Uh, Justin, I'm going to come to you. Um, tactically, um, your thoughts on the, the first versus second half. 
I felt like we just absolutely bullied them. I thought everything kind of played into our hands. I thought the midfield, even though on paper it was really uninspiring when the team sheet was first announced, we were all like, oh, for fuck's sake, you can't be playing that against Spurs. Uh, it's not going to work. You want Junior Knox there. You know, you want some creativity. You need some engines in there. But I felt like credit where credit is due. I felt like, you know, Milner in particular, I mean, I, I don't really praise him an awful lot, but he, he had some engine in him. He was pressing. He was chasing things down. I thought he had a pretty decent game. I felt like we had a hold of that game in the first half. And I think maybe that's why we look tired because you've got an injury-prone player in um, in Henderson who just looked really off in the second half. And then, of course, you had um, Milner, who's not the youngest. Yeah, we got robo-doped. Yeah, yeah. We, we got completely robo-doped. Um, really shot, like, we shot out our engine in the first half. Um, you know, you're only, and realistically, he was only, he. you know, we had to use subs on two of the three who started in that midfield. Um, you don't usually want to have, I mean, those are the guys you're most likely to replace in a game where you're trying to grind out a result because they've really churned, uh, you know, some hard yards to use an awful cliche. But uh, the idea was we were we were good in the first half as far as harrying them and having, um, you know, the en- the energy aspect of the game. But part of what allows you to tire out is when you don't particularly control the ball well and control the tempo of the game. And that was the one thing we still didn't do in the first half. Like, say all you want about how much energy we had and how we just didn't let them play. We didn't control the game in the fir- the tempo of the game in the first half. And we didn't create enough in the first half, or we and we didn't fit. We definitely didn't finish enough in the first half to to walk away from there safe. And that's really where the second half came in because of the fact that we you know we didn't control the tempo of the first half, but expended all of our energy. It allowed them to come in to play against a tired team and allowed them to really up the tempo of the game, and they did, and that's why they controlled the second half, and that's why they had... They didn't really have any chances, because they were actually really poor in the final third. Uh, if you were looking for a game to praise Harry Kane's ability to play uh, you know, as a number nine, this was not it. But mm-hmm. uh, but they, they controlled the tempo in midfield, and we couldn't get near Dembele for the entire second half. He was basically able to just turn around and basically act like a metronome. He was basically Busquets back there. So, you know, he got he got the 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 energy and the tactics parts correctly, but you can't legislate for sometimes where you're just going to be bad on the ball, and we were bad on the ball in both halves. And that's and that's the difference. That's why we didn't walk away with three points. Interesting. Andy, I'm going to come to you on that one. Uh, I think Justin's made some really interesting points there. Bad on the ball and there is something quite telling about that because the front three, I mean, I'm sure we're going to discuss it later, but Considering we pretty much controlled the first half, we should have killed that game. And I think there was, if in hindsight, it is a wonderful thing. I do feel like now that Justin sort of flagged it up as well, there was a disconnect between the midfield and attack. It seemed somewhat disjointed. There was. I think just like I said, though, I think throughout the game, we, we weren't quite on it. Our final ball was poor. Across the, the front three, the, the touch was quite off. But the, the off-the-ball work was, was great. I mean, first mm. half, you watch it. They set up their, their goal kicks. Obviously, they're all set. The centre-backs split right out. The the midfielders are dropping in. The, the full-backs are there opening up the space. And, and we were we were stood back off them to, to invite them to play it short. And that's what we were doing. In the first half, we were, set that, we were setting the traps for them, for them to play it short. And as soon as they were getting it short in the defence, within the defence or the defensive midfield areas, we were we were on them. We were pressing them hard and really, really pressing them, 
you know, really sort of haranguing them everywhere and anywhere in their half of the pitch. And I think it'll be interesting to get the pressing stats first half compared to second half because I, I just feel as though we, we must have used up so much energy in the first half. Yes, I perhaps do. It was. It was maybe we were getting tired. Maybe maybe it was the signal at half time is to okay we're ahead in the game now we need to start conserving energy. We're not going to go for quite so many pressing actions, and consequently we sat off them more. We allowed them that more time and space in the midfield areas, and we seemed to set our defensive line that bit deeper. And it was just we were creeping back and back and back all the way in the second half, and. And and Justin's right. We don't keep the ball well enough, and and in the midfield, this is a real issue, and it's been an issue all all season, uh, regardless of who plays there, is that we do not keep possession of the ball. We do not use it well enough, and and that's not even not even with Coutinho there because Coutinho would take chances. He was dribbling. He's a player to break the lines. Now next season we're looking at obviously we know we'll have Naby Keita. He will be the player in the midfield who replicates that, who gives us the option to carry the ball, break the lines, dribble past opponents, commit opponents, and against the deep line defenses, you know the the park buses, whatever you want to call them, and that's great because that's going to start committing to people and making them change up what they're doing. But in terms of keeping possession and controlling the game. You know, when you're up against an opponent like this, the best way for us to have been conserving uh, some energy when we were ahead in the game was to actually start dictating the play. Have a general on the pitch. Start moving the ball around. We'll keep possession. We're going we're gonna to move the ball around, pass it around. We're going to keep it, and you're going to have to work now to get it off us. And you're going to become desperate because you need to get back into this game rather than us regressing and regressing and regressing hoping to save a bit of energy so that we can counter-attack you. Uh, and and I just feel that we, we need to have a bit of a rethink on terms of personnel, is we need to identify somebody who can come in and can play that role. And it's not going to be in every game that we play that we need someone like that. But there will be games against good opponents like Spurs where we where we can't afford to be sitting deep. We're, if we're in control, we have to make sure we're, we are in control, that we take control and we keep control. And I think the front three have got their part to play in that as well, is when the ball comes to them, it's got to stick better. And today it didn't. You know, they had some flashes, they had some moments. We had some nearly moments. We could have put people through. And again, our final ball was really lacking. And yeah. that is what we needed. First half, we needed that killer touch when when there was like half chances opening up. Uh, the one just before half time was a prime example where Salah overhits the pass through to Mane. And it was so frustrating because they were there for the taking in the first half. They really yeah. were. And we worked, We put so much into that first half and we didn't kill them off. Uh, and if we'd have done to them in the first half what we did to Arsenal earlier in the season, that would have been it. We could have then afforded to sit back, see it out, potentially concede one, but probably pick up one or two on the counter because Spurs really would have to overextend themselves. But I think Spurs felt comfortable that they didn't have to really overcommit themselves going forwards because we were giving them that time and space to run the game. And yeah, Dembele, uh, you know, the difference between first half and second half was was probably a great you know example of the difference between Liverpool's first half and second half. Yeah, and you know what else, as far as something that's going to bug me about this game, Davison Sanchez in that first half was shook. <laughs> yeah. We needed to keep attacking him, and we didn't. And it's going to annoy me for the rest of the day. 
Yeah, can I just jump on that a little bit? Absolutely. Yeah, like, and even when Potts substituted Davinson Sanchez and you put Eric Dyer there, like, I I felt like in the second half, when Mane went off, Ox couldn't decide whether he was supposed to play in the middle or whether he was supposed to play in attacking. And mm. so whenever we got a chance to get a release ball, it, our right side was overloaded and our left side of the field was completely like, there isn't a pass there. And so Firmino and Salah couldn't find, like, Mane's not there. So who do I pass that to? Yeah. We we could have targeted both Davinson and Eric Dyer. And both of them, yeah, they're shaky against our pace and our quality. No, that's that's a great spot there, right there. I, I thought that as well when um, Ox came on. I thought, is he going to put another midfielder? Is he going to make Ox play a bit deeper? Are we going to go to a 4-4-2? Um, you know, those were my thoughts because I thought we were losing the midfield battle. And you're right, we did look a little lopsided because those two kind of held up their position as as a front three. And the the left was missing, obviously, Mane. There was no Oxley-Chamberlain there. Um, but you know what, Iftikar, you wanted to talk about um, Salah's goal. We're going to focus on the positives. So you know what, guys, um, how amazing was that, um, Andy? Uh, you know, the fact that we just saved one penalty we were in dying minutes. When the referee, I'm not going to lie, when the referee held up that board performance, I was like, no, because I just did not think we had it in his goal. And he made something out of nothing. The way he took it, the way he controlled it, it, it was just... It was just, it was incredible. I, 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 I was watching thinking, how, how, did, how did he just do that? It was, it was sensational. I know there was... There was a suggestion of some offside, but it looked to me like the player in the centre was just playing him onside. He was just level. But what he did with the ball, he's so strong with the ball. I mean, this is something mentioned uh, months ago is you fire the ball into him and he's so difficult to shove off the ball to knock him off it. He seems to retain it really, really well. He turns and keeps the ball well. I know I've said today, you know, we, we haven't kept possession too well, but when it initially comes into him, he's, you know, he really does resist the challenges so well. And the way he, he just went in between the players and then again, and he just kept pushing it. And then the little the little dink over Lloris. I mean, Lloris did as much as Lloris can do because he came comes at him fast. He goes across him to try and stop him curling it into the far post, tries to make himself big. Uh, and to, in that, you know, nanosecond, to, to dink it in the way that he does over him and the only place he could hit it, uh, it was great composure. It's just a fantastic, fantastic goal. Justin, going to come to you. I thought the composure for both of his goals was pretty excellent, even the first one. But the second one, just ridiculous. Yeah, we should be talking about it as the winning goal in this game today. Yes. You can't. Sorry, you can't surrender. Like, I, I, I'd really love to be happy about it. I screamed with extreme joy when it went in. It happened in stoppage time. I really wish that I could be celebrating it, but it's just I'm really ticked off. Okay, on on a positive note, how amazing is it that you have a striker like that? Or, I mean, let's 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 you know he's hit some records today. Um, he's surpassed um twenty goals for Liverpool, and he's not even playing as a as a as an out and out striker. Fastest player to do it. Yeah. Fastest at twenty in the league. He's amazing. I love him. I absolutely love him. Sorry for being so negative about that one. I'm, no, no, no. I, I feel you. I absolutely feel you. Because when he scored that, I was like, yes, finally, we're acting like tyrants. You know, in the second half, I didn't see us scoring a goal and we do that. I thought, 
oh my god have we turned the corner have we won a game in injury time have we done a fergie is this fergie time no 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 we we're not that lucky we'll never be that team so yeah I, I completely get that Justin I was absolutely furious as well on a complete side note one of our one of our um subscribers um slash callers ace of names ace of names uh Tadiva uh, his partner is a Spurs fan so um I'm sure it's all very settled at there they can both share a point thinking of you there Tadiva uh, um so yeah um, Iftikhar, thank you so much for your call. Thank you, guys. And uh, up the reds. Yes, up the reds. As that was our second caller, Iftikhar. We're going to move on to our third and final caller. Our very own John Moss, but he's no fat bastard, is Dylan Cavallo. <laughs> Welcome to the show. I hope that's the first and last comparison to John Moss, but thanks, <laughs> Nina. Sorry, my bad. What would you like to raise with the panel? <laughs> I wanted to bring up Loris Karius, um, his performance today, because um, I actually thought it was quite assured. He made good saves, no chance for the goal, made a good penalty save. Um, I'm sure it'll do his confidence uh, a world of good. And um, I want, I'll make a quick comment about the, the first goal we conceded too, but first I want to focus on the goalkeeper. I want to know what you guys think about his performance today. Justin, I'm going to come to you on this one because I feel so bad for Carrius, right? He has a pretty decent game, makes some good saves. Even for a millisecond, Gary Neville is giving him a little bit of praise and he still fucking concedes two goals. Not at fault of his own, but I see people still dragging his name through the dirt, through the mud on social media. It's bad. Like, in a sense, that I, you know, he had a great game against Sevilla. He conceded three goals. He's He's cursed? Yeah. I, first off, so to answer Dylan's exact question, right, I thought he was really good today. I mm. thought, I thought, like, we'll, we'll probably get to a man of the match later in some way, but if we, but I'll just, you know, spill the beans here. I thought he was our best player. Yeah, I was, I was, I was actually thinking when it was like 1-0 and stuff, I was like, I think he might get my man of the match, you know. I was, you know, swaying yeah. that way, but yeah. Carry on your thoughts on on his performance because I thought it was very assured, very confident. But I mean, look at the goals. It's he saves a pen, mm-hmm. right from from one of the best number nines in the world. The other the other two times he's beaten, it's a pen, and it's you could you could make the goal. You know, you could put five carries in the goal for that one. Nobody is stopping that shot. It is a ridiculous shot hit with the outside of the foot, curving and placed perfectly into the top corner of the net. It's a one in, I said a one in a thousand strike earlier. Andy said a one in a million strike. One in ten million strike. Like we can keep increasing the odds. Nobody, no way he's stopping that. It's just a perfect strike. But he was a commanding presence. He was off his line. He was, he looked to distribute quickly. In some cases too quickly. Cause I think some, like, you know, there's one particular situation where he caught Milner out a little bit. And I think it's probably with a lot of, with a lot of the team, not still not being used to playing with someone who's going to try to get us around and going that quickly. But he's just so he he. It was an encouraging performance. Uh, I hope he keeps it up. I hope he has a lot more performances like this because if he does, it means that we'll uh, you know we'll pick up. It, it I don't necessarily. It doesn't mean that we're going to pick up all three points in every game, obviously, because he's a keeper. But he'll definitely ensure that we, you know, win, win some points that uh, that might not be there from op- from chances that our defense will let through. So it was optimistic. It was it was. I'm optimistic about it. I thought it was encouraging, and I hope he keeps playing like it. 
I hear you. Andy, I'm going to come to you. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts on Carriers. And you know what? Another thing that might give him a little bit of confidence is the fact that he saved a penalty from the most deadliest striker in the league. Um, I thought I thought he conducted himself brilliantly. Had he gone either way, that's a goal for Harry Kane. An easy penalty for him. And, you know, he just stood his ground and stayed firm and didn't move. Yeah, I, th- I thought he had a good game. And mm. it was only that, like you say, the, there was the one thing throughout the game that you could possibly question him on was whether or not he elects to catch or punch that cross that leads to the first goal. Other than that, yeah, faultless. He, he didn't do anything wrong. He got fouled uh, as well, and they, they tried masking over that. I can't think who fouled him in the box. Was it Harry Kane? Yes, when... Kane, with an elbow. Yes. And Gary knows I should have done better there. And I'm like, no, he got fouled. Kane actually elbowed him before the ball was even played. Mm. Oh, yeah, the, that was it where they were going on about the uh, the cross. And yeah, saying, nitpicking, oh, yeah, got, absolutely yeah. nitpicking his performance. It was, yeah, the, 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 the begging, it's it's the Sky narrative. It's, it's just tiresome. Uh, that, you know, for me, yeah, that was a clear foul on a goalkeeper. You're not allowed to jump and restrict their arms. I so agree. that was that was it was a straight out foul that that was you know and that's not anything to do with you know whether you're on the carrier side or not whatever that was a foul simple as that yeah I, I thought he had a good performance today he did distribute the ball well uh, I mean that again the whole narrative that that really ag- aggravates me is this sort of misconception that he's uh, he's nervous with the ball at his feet and he's not good with it I think that was what we've seen there is probably as much as anything is just him in terms of confidence and, and assurance that the, the whole goalkeeping situation uh, that's not helped any of the goalkeepers at Liverpool. It really hasn't. It, we needed to, to get a goalkeeper, get them in and get them set. I think there's a lot of people who've been on his back from day one who were mm-hmm. itching for the, you know, for him to make mistakes. And so they can be all over them. For some reason, there's some players that um, the pundits and and media alike, just they just cannot wait. The, you know, they're salivating at the prospect of them making a mistake for some reason. But yeah, I, I thought I thought he had a good game. He was uh, it was it was a good solid performance. And interesting as well that he said on that first penalty that he obviously you know this whole thing about goalkeepers guessing the direction. You know that that's <laughs> there's another one that bugs me. You know it. You know, it, it's not a case of that. You know, they, they do the homework. They know who the most likely, probably two, three penalty candidates are. They'll watch them beforehand. They'll know if they have a particular uh, direction they put their penalties or if there's a type of run-up that they'll do means they're going in a certain way. And he'd said, you know, they'd watched him beforehand and they knew that he liked to put a lot of his penalties quite centrally. So that's why he'd held his ground. Mm. And obviously he's thought second time round, he's not going to go centrally again. I'm going to have to go for one direction, whichever way it is. Probably looked at his body shape and thought maybe he's going to come and swipe across this. And he's just picked the wrong way. So, you know, I can't fault him today. Yeah, he played really well and it's good and hopefully that's it now we we don't get any messing around no swapping and changing for for Champions League matches or anything like that let's just keep him between the sticks for the rest of this season unless it's something absolutely calamitous you know that and it's a calamitous run of games let's just keep him there and and let's see what happens and see whether or not he can make that position his own for next season or whether that's it we absolutely have to go out and get a new number one in the summer 
Mm. I think the thing that I find hilarious about the carrier stuff and, you know, the people quick to like jump on his back if he makes a mistake and stuff, you'd think this goalkeeper costs something like 90 million. You know, the agenda against him is absolutely ridiculous by some of our fans. Uh, pundits alike is yeah. absolutely ridiculous. He's a young keeper who has not been given a fair test, and you want to jump on his back. How much did he cost? Was it something like five million, ten million yeah, euros? Yeah, something like four point seven million pounds, something exactly, like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Came from six mind. million euros, I think it was. So, yeah, I, I've seen him out there. I, I wasn't, you know, one hundred percent convinced. You wanted horn. You wanted horn. I want Timo Horn. I don't, you know, I'll never back down from that. But what I did see from him was he was very good with the ball at his feet. He was comfortable receiving it, comfortable using it. He had an incredible penalty saving record. He was agile. He was quick. You know, it, he he looked a good goalkeeper. But obviously, he was in a team that were conceding a lot of shots. We don't we don't tend to concede an awful lot of shots that are you know easy easy saves. You know, the nice sort of the camera saves for goalkeepers mm-hmm. to build their confidence. When we concede chances. You know, we we tend to throw up some good chances for opposition. Yeah, so we probably don't we probably don't help our goalkeepers in some situations. But you know, it's yeah, it's it's a frustrating narrative because I think it's built on ignorance. Absolutely, and Dylan, I'm going to let you weigh in on this because you did say um, when you gave the question to us that you've you've got a point about um, the first goal uh, conceded, and Andy alluded to the fact that that was probably the only point of criticism among some people. So I'll let you have the final word on that. Oh, I'm not going to criticize Carius for that at all. I because um, he, he, he was he was still getting to his feet when Wanyama first you know struck the ball. Uh, so and even if he was at his feet and at the right, like Justin right, said, he, he dived at the right, um, uh, you know, in the right, um, uh, on the right side as well. So he did, but just like Justin said, he's he, there's no way to get into that. Uh, my my issue with that goal was um, I was actually watching Andy Robertson, and after Emery Chan tried to clear it, it came to Wanyama, and Robertson looked like he was going to press him, then he kind of stopped and kind of laid off him, almost like he wasn't sure what he was going to do. I just wish he continued and tried to block the shot. You wanted right. Andy Robertson to die? <laughs> He's going to get... That's like a bullet, man. That's going to Andy Robertson to take a bullet. Well, I mean, football's life or death, right? Yeah, yeah, I, I guess. But um, I, I did agree with uh, mo- pretty much everything you guys said about Carius. But I'm not going to judge him on one game, whether it was poor or whether it was good. Um, I, I want to see him get a run of games. I'm glad Klopp is sticking with him now, and I pray that he keeps him in for Porto. Here, here. Well, uh, Dylan, thank you so much for that. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me on again. Always love having you on. Um, a great, great discussion on Carries, and it was nice to actually um, acknowledge his performance because not many people would. Yeah, for once. Mm. All right, guys. Cheers. Thanks. Take care. You too. Okay, that was Dylan. Our last call is just myself, Justin, and Andy. The Wales and Wells show. Oh, my God, that's a bit of a tongue twister. I can't believe it's just occurred to me right now as we're, we're coming to an end of this show. But, guys, um, I think there was so much we discussed on that game, so much. Uh, any last words from you before we move to Man of the Match? Uh, Justin, I'll come to you. Yeah, I am going to clear clear something off my chest. Mauricio Pochettino, go fuck yourself. 
Like, do you really have to go out there and sit and basically go full fucking Mourinho in the media? Like, seriously, dude. The referees really helped you today. Don't, like, rub it in everybody's faces that, like, you know, effectively you had a game where the referees did more than your players to actually fashion opportunities. And then definitely don't say that your team was much better and they deserved the fucking point. They deserved all three points because they fucking didn't. And you didn't get them. So fuck off, dude. <laughs> I can't wait to hang with you soon. Uh, Justin, it's going to be fun. Um, uh, Andy, what about yourself? Um, last words from you. Oh, it's uh, just coming down from it all. It, it was mad, wasn't it? And, and I think we'll, what we'll take away from the game will be the penalty decisions. But I think what we shouldn't forget is the way that it, what led up to it. And, and it was our inability to kill the teams off and to manage a game that actually ended up us falling into those kind of situations. Because, well, throughout the game, I will say that I, I'm, I'm convinced that John Moss has had a bad experience in Liverpool in his early life. That's that's all I can say. Yeah, just, it has to just, be. So just uh, one fun one fun stat, I guess, uh, in uh, under pressure, this would be the exact opposite of a Badger stat. Tottenham today have more league penalties than we have at Anfield this season. <laughs> stat, that's a stat right there. Oh, gosh, I'm laughing. Well, just... Just on stats, I mean, we had something like 34% possession and Spurs had nearly twice as many passes as us and we were at home. Uh, and I think that kind of tells the story of the game. Uh, and that, you know, forget the the penalty situations as, as much as that's hard to do is that is the, the story for us and it's an issue for us. Yeah, but you know, it's actually kind of weird about that, Andy. You bring that up, but also if you look at XG stats, 1.4 to Liverpool, 1.2 to Spurs. So we were draws. good at not, we were, yeah, it's a draw. It, it's, it's yeah. exactly, it's exactly fair draw. It's just yeah. a matter. I, I, I think that's the thing. Yeah. On the, yeah. on the balance of play, just like the Chelsea game, the balance of play, a fair result is a draw, but, but it, it, you don't feel like that because you uh, are in the winning Rob's, position and mm-hmm. you know, yeah. you can take all three points, but yeah. we can't seem to do that. And that's, that is the, the frustration, the real frustration. Feel cheated. I always feel cheated. Yeah. yeah. Always feel cheated. I think that's my issue. I've got two last things that I want to get off my test before we move on to the man of the match. First of all, as much as I love Roberto Firmino, this was his game to do what he did against Man City, where you take those defenders in places that they don't want to go. I don't think he did that today. I don't think he had his best game, personally speaking. I'm a massive Roberto Firmino fan, but I thought if he was firing on all cylinders today, I think maybe something could have happened. His pass was off. His touch was off. He's the intelligent person in that front three. I felt like he was a little off for me personally. Another side note as well. Um, I don't think there was an awful lot made about the the diving situation with these English players in Harry Kane and Deli Ali. You know, let's let's call a spade a spade. It's always the foreign players that get get beat with that stick. And, you know, it was the English player doing it. So, you know, I feel the need to say that. I think just as a whole, the refereeing and the officiating was fucking dog shit. And um, now I'm going to breathe. And now we're going to move on to Man of the Match. Unless you've got something to say on them issues. No, no, you're you're right. (laughs) Yeah, let's move on to Man of the Match. Andy, I'll come to you first. Who was your Man of the Match? I know it's hard. It is hard. It is really difficult, actually. 
it's really, really difficult to, to pick one. I, I thought there was lots of solid performances throughout the team. It, it just solid performances throughout the defence. Uh, well, Trent, uh, Lovren, I can't believe I'm saying that. Van Dijk uh, was amazing. Van Dijk, the, the three of them were, were, were solid. Um, obviously, Salah had, had a few incredible moments. The midfield were, they worked hard first half, but mm. didn't really, you know, put in a great commander performance. And it was so, just based on that, although he didn't have to make like a load of saves, in terms of what he did uh, and and the pressure he's been under, yeah, probably edge it to Karius, just. Yes, yes. I'm not giving it to a goalkeeper in ages. Could this be uh, the perfect kind of storm, albeit the result didn't really go our way? Uh, Justin, what about yourself? I spilled the beans earlier when I said Darius, and I and I and I and I keep my opinion. The the other people that would have factored into it for me were been would have been Van Dyke, but I you know the penalty the penalty decision at the end just clouds the performance for me in some sort of way. Even though I I don't think it was a penalty, mm. uh, but uh, it, for me it was between Carius and uh, Salah. Um, yeah. It's, it's, I mean, Salah's goal was, so for me, it's Salah's goal should have been the winner, should have been all three points. And if we win the match in that way, I give him the man of the match. But because of the fact that effectively the penalty now comes back in as saving a point, the save penalty comes back in as saving a point, I have to give it to Karius because the points, you know, they're, they're his. I like this. Yeah, those three players that you mentioned in Van Dyke, it was a perfect performance, but what happened at the end, Salah for obviously breaking records like he did today and Karius, um, great shot and I am going to go with Karius because I think, first of all, he gets a lot of criticism, I thought he had a very good game I thought he was faultless for both goals couldn't do anything, so for me Karius is also my man of the match that is the end of this Nina Kalsa show, a huge thank you to our callers, a massive thank you to Andy and Justin, but before you go guys, anything to plug Justin, I'm going to come to you are you boys from across the pod going to do a pod soon? You yeah, know actually, there, there, there is a US pod to be recorded tomorrow night uh, yes. Joey Connors and I are going to go into, so anybody who, you know, not very many of you because you actually have to be in the in the Anfield app uh, the Anfield uh, Index Pod, uh, you know, WhatsApp group that we have for some of us, but uh, Joey and I occasionally disagree with what we think about, you know, what a, a long-term plan versus a short-term plan, and mm-hmm. this transfer window finally set me over the edge. So we're gonna have a nice long rant where I'm probably gonna agree with him more than he thinks that I than I probably would have coming into it. Uh, but that's gonna be recorded tomorrow and probably out, you know, Tuesday. I can't wait for that one. I absolutely love the. The US pod. Um, I love the fact that you bring other sports analogies from, um, you know, like baseball and basketball and, you know, you, you educate us. I love that pod. I'm really excited about that one. I look forward to that debate as well. Andy, you did a Reds review. Uh, amazing stuff. Anything else you'd like to plug? Uh, nothing else really at the moment. Yeah, I got a Reds review out uh, going back over January. Everything that happened, all the highs, all the lows, there's an awful lot there. Uh, with uh, Mo Chatter as my guest, and uh, spoiler alert, Mo is not a big fan of FSG, <laughs> so it was um, it was interesting. He got a lot off his chest, obviously. Um, you know, there's just so much to cover, so there was there was a lot going on in January. So um, it it might be an interesting one. If you haven't heard it, please do go and give it a listen. 
I have listened to it. It was absolutely excellent. Mo, yep, he might not be FSG's biggest fan, but I think he articulates himself really well. And the, the concerns that he has are all valid. Um, do give it a listen. Do check it out, guys. Great kind of um, podcast magazine show as well. So you can kind of review the entire January. They do a fabulous job. Andy, I love that show. For my part, whilst I have your attention, AI Pro, be part of it. It is absolutely incredible. All you got to do is go to Anfield Index forward slash join, anfieldindex.com forward slash join, $4.99 a month. annually, seven-day free trial. There are some absolutely incredible shows. We've got Legends, we've got Under Pressure, we've got the Post-Match Raw show. There are so many great contributors, Um, fan media, journalists, you name it, we've got it. Don't miss out, guys. It's incredible. You don't want to miss out. That's the only plug I have. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. I know that was tough. It kind of felt like a loss. I do agree with Justin. It does feel like a loss. But you know what? We move on to the next. Until next time, up the Reds. Podcast Network.